welcome to the Mythic Traveler podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Sandara, and this is a podcast where we will bridge the mythopoetic soul and mental health. We'll speak about topics like earth-based wisdom, astrology, the Akashic Records, and much, much more. Thank you for being here. Hi, welcome back to this podcast. If you are new, this conversation is a part two of the last episode, so I invite you to go back and listen to that one. It's episode three with Kristoff. It'll give you the foundation for the hero's journey and facing your fears. In today's episode, it is a, or the conversation extends into the uh, different things that can happen within the main phases of the hero's journey. One being the importance of how a teacher may show up during the threshold phase, during that phase where it's like an in-between, everything is new, there's a lot of maybe uncomfortability, also a lot of fear happening, and a teacher may show up in the form of a literal person. It could be a literal professor, like if you're in school. It could be a mentor or just a guide kind of figure in your life. But I really love how we talk about how a teacher can also be an other-than-human teacher, it may come in the form of a plant or an herb or an animal such as a bear or a hawk. So this kind of opens us up to including the natural world as part of our development, part of our psychology, and um, as a realm that is just as important as us humans, you know. We tend to really centralize ourselves within the ecosystem of everything, but what would it be like to decentralize ourselves from being at the center core of how everything works, of the balance of nature? We also talk about the ego's impulse to retract and to just you know go back and uh, not do this whole journey thing and go back to what is comfortable or go back to a previous chapter in life and Kristoff mentions or just describes what that feels like and how to keep moving forward and then we also talk about how to have a healthy relationship with the fear of death that our culture currently really tries to um, like soften the blow of in a lot of ways. But Kristoff talks about at what cost and really goes into what the risk is in actually staying safe. That there's actually even a bigger risk in trying to stay safe and in trying to approach life from a risk management perspective, from of trying to decrease liability at all costs, 
what the risk there is. And I bring in a bit about my journey from moving from Florida to California about five, maybe six years ago now, how that was a rites of passage in my, um, embedded within my life. It wasn't, you know, a formal rites of passage, like what Christoph will talk about, like out in nature. But we talk about, um, the rites of passage as a mytho-poetic storyline that we can be living out at any time. And so for me, my big move involved, um, it involved letting go of literally, you know, my family, my small family in Florida, of everything that I knew in that sense, and how now that I'm on the other side, I can say that if I wouldn't have made that move, I wouldn't have deepened into the feeling and the sense of what my purpose is. I wouldn't have deepened into my dharma, I'll say, and I wouldn't have found as much of a sense of fulfillment and of joy, intrinsic happiness, and also this amazing relationship with nature that has enchanted my whole entire life and it's really hard to think what my life would be like if I wouldn't have made that leap into the threshold into the unknown this conversation also connects to how rites of passage is an answer to the mental health disorders we have come to know as depression anxiety um those are main ones as far as mood disorders even bipolar disorder because you know at least with depression how boredom is a big quality of depression um of course it's like aggrandized it's it's not just boredom but boredom is definitely a part of depression how it's it might be a an effect of not taking li- life's invitation into the threshold into stepping into the unknown where you're kind of just like almost like f- in, frozen into this certain chapter of life that has maybe expired already in a sense um on a soul level and how going into a formal rites of passage ceremony, whether it's through the kind that Christoph does or through, you know, there's one specific to um, different genders or just different also ages within life, how that is an answer to just, you know, not, maybe not curing yourself from ever feeling depressed or ever feeling anxious in your life, but of having a healthy relationship to these emotions and these feeling states and these essentially phases of unknown that we might find ourselves in. Rites of passage, the hero's journey, these uh, mythological approaches that we can apply to our lives is a 
healthy way to go about these um, uncomfortable places that we might find ourselves in within our lives, that, that all of us find ourselves in within our lives. So I hope that you enjoy the second part of this conversation. We go into so much more that um, that's really, really rich and is really a like foundation of Christoph's Dharma, also my Dharma as well. So if you have enjoyed this episode, please rate and even comment or write a review of how this has moved you. I really appreciate hearing from you and it also helps expand the reach to others that might benefit from this conversation as well. So without further ado, here is our conversation. Maybe we can start with a little bit of a recap around what you've covered from the first episode. Mm -hmm. So far, we've talked about your personal experience with finding deeper meaning and how the, the this mythic path of the hero's journey found you. And then you went into the different stages of the hero's journey. There's main stages and then there's smaller stages in between. So how would you like to recap? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just jump right in and just yeah, recap. So we were talking about the hero's journey and just to just to refresh everyone's memory, the three stages are severance. That's when you leave everything you knew behind and you you kind of step over into the unknown and you step into the threshold phase and the threshold phase is when you're in that you're in that unknown place and you're it's it's when you're having that journey and facing those trials and tribulations and um yeah everything is just unknown and new and different and then once you complete your journey for the most part, once you overcome your fears, you know, slay the dragon, do whatever it was, that was the big thing for you. Um, then comes integration. And that's when you or also, yeah, it's also known as the return. So it's when you come back from your journey and you come back to usually it's the place where you came from with something to offer those that, you know, were there before the, the ones that you left behind to go on this journey. You know, you have something, something back to offer um, some sort of gift, you know, metaphorical gift to offer back to your community so those are the those are the main stages and then yeah again there's like there's smaller different things that can happen in between there you know usually part of part of the severance phase or the threshold phase is you know finding finding a teacher finding someone who can you know really show you the way and you know help you out on the path through the unknown someone where like you know if they if they weren't there maybe you wouldn't have had the tools that you needed to to make it through the threshold phase you know i'm thinking of the lord of the rings and you know it's like when gandalf shows up in the beginning yeah and you know he he kind of shows up as this wise mentor figure whereas before you know these two little hobbits wouldn't have had you know they wouldn't have had the resources necessary to complete this journey and to go on this big quest you know they were just two little hobbits they're like dude what am i gonna do? <laughs> i'm just i'm just a hobbit but you know, if I have a wizard by my side, then like, you know, maybe we can do something. And, um, you know, for us in our lives that, you know, that teacher can show up in many different forms. And I'm thinking of like, you know, like 
our journey through grad school, you know, the teachers were showing up in forms of literal teachers, but in other, in other cases, you know, you might be on a, you know, a vision quest in the woods, and then maybe your teacher shows up in the form of bear or wind or a lake or something, something that is there to help you find the resources that you already had inside. And then, yeah, the threshold phase, we already kind of covered that. That's kind of like the meat of the journey. And yeah, like I said before, that's where everything is very unknown. It's where it's, it's, it's the uncomfortable part of the journey because you're stepping, you're stepping past the, any, any territory you've known before. And I'm, I'm going to use Lord of the Rings again, because it's such, it's such a good analogy, but there's a part where, um, I don't know if it's like Frodo or Sam or something They're they're starting out their journey and they're, you know, maybe a day or so into their journey and they stop at this one point. And uh, I think it was Sam was like, if I go one step further, I'm farther away than I've ever been. Yeah. From, from his town or whatever. And for me, it's like, that's such a, uh, that's, that's such a clear marker of like, that's when the threshold stage begins it's like when you're when you're that one step beyond everything you've ever known before that one step beyond what was comfortable before um that's when you enter the threshold phase and then of course you go through this big adventure and something amazing happens something terrifying happens and then (laughs) um, you know we've, we've kind of already spoke about the integration um piece or the return piece in our in our in in part one of this podcast, which is where you come back with something to offer your people. Um, I mean, maybe at some point we can talk about, you know, personal examples of stuff that, you know, we have brought back from our journeys, you know, like from, you know, again, going to grad school and then we come back and we have these things to share with our friends and our family or um, so maybe, maybe later we can, we can give some personal examples. Um yeah, that's that's kind of hero's journey in a nutshell. I don't want to speak too too long just about that because I could go on for hours. But I also, yeah, I wanna I wanna talk about how it relates to rites of passage journey as well. Do you want to talk about that right now, or should we go into like personal examples first? Yeah, we 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 can weave into that. I just want to highlight how beautiful it is to identify other than human teachers that could also come along the journey in the form of um, aspects of nature specifically, where they could be animals, they could be elements within nature. And I'm also thinking of like herbs and plants, which is something that is relevant for us Mm -hmm. currently. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, from from my personal experience, when you were speaking to that part of how Sam highlights or how he, 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 he says, this is, if I take one step further, this is the farthest that I've ever known from home. And I know that feeling of, of going into this unknown and thinking like, wow, I'm really doing this. And there's no turning back even if I wanted to, which I have been in those spots where I wanted to turn. And, you know, there have been times where I have turned back because, which is probably what you're laughing at. And I know exactly what you're, what you're thinking of, which is, um, you know, surfing. He teaches me a lot when we go out surfing, I'm not the best at it. Anyways, just that moment where you really, really can't 
go back and it's like, whoa, that kind of to put it in a, in a good way, like invigorating phase of the journey. So have you ever felt that? And is there anything that you do that helps you just continue along your way, Mm -hmm. like moving forward? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess. Yeah, I'm really glad we're talking about. And actually also, are there any consequences to trying to maybe like, quote unquote, go back? Yeah, let me let me let me answer the first part of that question. Okay. Um, So the first part of that question, um, I think I think I want to start off by saying each time you do take that step, at least or speaking from personal experience, every time that I have taken that step past what was comfortable before or past like what I knew before, um, what that's done for me each time is just in, increase the breadth of my breadth of my experience it's it's increased the size of my reality every time you know mm. my, my world my world has gotten that much bigger every time I have taken that step beyond what was known before right mm. and so it's it's kind of like this thing of like the world the world or our reality is really as big as we allow as we allow it to be you know it's it's mm. as big as we are courageous <laughs> I guess I guess, I guess is is what, is what I'm, is what I'm getting at here. Um, you know, cause there's, there's a million things and a million reasons why, you know, um, it's, it's scary to go beyond what we've known before. And that's, that's the only way to, to make our world bigger, you know, to make our reality bigger. So I, I think your, your first question was around like when I, when I get to that point of, like that, un- that uncomfortable point of if I take this next step, um, how to keep moving, how, forward. To, how to keep moving forward. Okay. That's sure yeah. Of itself. Yeah. I guess, I guess for me, just, just cause I've been practiced enough at this, what, what keeps me going and what keeps me interested in taking that step forward is just, just remembering that, that, um, you know, my world, my reality is, is as big as I allow it to be is <laughs> as big as I am willing to courageously step into the next um the next aspect or the next level or the next realm of it whatever whatever that would be and each time i do so my you know my reality gets that much bigger proportionally to how far i've stepped out of of where i was before and i'm thinking of this like analogy that i used to use a lot um like like, yeah when i was when i was coaching surfing a lot and i would you know draw this small circle in the middle and i would say okay this is this is your your comfort zone, and then I, <laughs> I would draw this slightly larger circle around it and say, "This is your growth zone." And then you know, out just outside of that growth zone was you know that's where you know you're you've gone too far. That's where like dramatic experiences come in. So so the uh, the goal is really was at least in in that particular aspect was you know finding that sweet spot between you know I'm pushing myself past where I've, where I've gone before, but I'm not pushing myself too far to like where it's like a traumatic experience or anything, but, um, you know, trying to stay in that growth zone. And each time I do so, my comfort zone will expand by that much, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really, it's really a practice where it's just, you know, it's kind of just the more you, the more you practiced at it, the more second nature it becomes. And Mm -hmm. the, the bigger steps that you're then able to take outside of it each time, because you, you have that knowledge of, you know, what to expect and you know what the, you know, what the reward is for, for stepping beyond. Yeah. 
It it definitely seems like um, prior experience of just going for it, whatever it is, is really helpful for future experiences of continuous growth and stepping outside of your comfort zone. And I can also see how, you know, meeting a teacher like like yourself saying these kinds of reassuring things around like this is all for your uh, for the expansion of your perception of the world as we know it, as you know it, and that kind of reassurance. But um, I think that like there there was a second part to this question, but there's actually something else that I I want to see if you have clarification on, which is how do you know when you are just uncomfortable because you're outside of your comfort zone versus if it's actually traumatic? Because in the first episode, you did say like, hey, there, there is always a risk. Mm-hmm. There is always a risk associated with it. So is there a difference, do you think? Because I'm thinking of my personal experience where it really did feel um I felt very very shaken up and past my like nervous system capacity so yeah you know I I think I think that depends entirely on the situation Mm -hmm. and sure um I I think we all have again I want to go back to the practice of or yeah the, the practice of cultivating intuition because I think we all First of all, we all have that and we all, you know, normally when we're presented with these sort of opportunities to step beyond our comfort zone, we have, we have intuition, we have, you know, we have intuition coming in the mix, we have fear coming into the mix, we have desire coming into the mix, you know, we have all these different feelings, thoughts kind of moving through us, you know, maybe, maybe at the simultaneously and, and for me, it's kind of, um, it's kind of process. It's yeah, it's a process of picking apart. Okay, um, what am I trying to get out of this? You know what? Um, you know what are the dangers? What am I afraid of? And then like, what is my gut telling me? You know, you, usually I don't have to spend too much time. I mean, sometimes I have to remind myself why I'm doing something. Obviously, um, but I usually don't have to spend too much time in the mental process because my gut usually already knows if, if this thing is going to serve me or not. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say as far as like, you know, how do you tell the difference between like a traumatic, you know, what's about what's going to be a traumatic experience or what's going to be one that's, that's positive for your growth. Like for me, for me, it's really, it's, it's comes back to that just innate knowing of, mm. you know, it's something that you can't quite rationalize, put your finger on, but you kind of just know that like, Hey, I got to do this thing. Risk is always risk is always present, right? Risk, risk is always there. And it's not, it's not something we can ever avoid entirely. You know, there's always, there's always going to be risk to any, any decision we make, any choice we make. Um, and it, it, it just, it needs to be so, you know, you need, you need to have some sort of skin in the game for it to be powerful, real, transformative, whatever you want to say. And I'm, this, this has been a big theme for me in my life. Something that I've been kind of like reconciling is, you know, like we, we live in a, in a particular time and culture where we're, we're taught to be extremely risk averse, right? 
there's, you know, there's liability and insurance and all these things. It's like, you know, like we want to be very safe all the time and not never take any chances and all. And it's like, well, that's, you know, some of that is coming from a place of just like honor and respect for, you know, our bodies and our safety and, um, you know, just, just wanting to preserve, you know, life and all, you know, all these beautiful intentions. There is a lot of, um, yeah, I just, I want, I want to talk about just the, the fear that's present in, in, in our current, um, our current culture and the fear, the fear that I perceive to be the most debilitating fear that the one that kind of like runs, runs the show, at least in our culture is this fear of death, which I, I know we weren't planning on talking about this, but I feel like this is very much a part of, of the subject matter here today, because when, when we're talking about like, you know, fear and safety and, and, you know, these kind of topics, it's like, so, so when we talk about risk in our culture, it's usually, it's usually, um, you know, we're usually avoiding something because we don't want to, we don't want to hurt ourselves or we don't want to like run the risk of hurting ourselves or run the risk of losing something, you know, we're attached to our things and, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to run the risk of, of loss or, you know, injury or losing something that we're already comfortable with. And we know, and that's totally 100% understandable, you know, totally makes sense. And I think what we don't acknowledge in our culture is that there is often sometimes a greater risk in not taking, not taking the risks that are presented to us and not, and not yeah. taking the challenges and the opportunities that are presented to us. And, you know, I'll just, I'll just use the example of like, you know, and this, this is your, your example, but like you, you moved to, you know, you moved to California. Yeah, no, no. You you moved you moved to California from Florida to go to grad school, and it's like, it's like you know, from a you know like conscious mind or like cultural perspective, you could say like, oh, that's so risky because like you don't know anyone, and it costs this much money, and you have to pay out of state tuition, and you have to do this and do that and do. It. Yeah. I was told all of those things in the book. It was clear that people were speaking from their like wounded parts from these parts of themselves that were really scared and it wasn't even their life that that this was happening in so yeah all of that it's like that was a tremendous risk that you took that was a huge risk because you you know x amount of dollars you know not i'm not going to know anyone when i get there i have no social support no family like whatever whatever huge like risk versus like you know i could have stayed in florida and gone to you know this tampa university of Tampa, like whatever orlando whatever and like that would have been a much smaller risk and um you know so if if we're talking like strictly a matter of risk management which is what a lot of the conversation around facing your fear is in our culture if we're talking strictly from a perspective of risk management it made absolutely no sense for you to move to california right it made none it made no sense at all right it was much quote-unquote safer for you to stay in Florida. And yet at the same time, it's like what someone in that paradigm would not be so quick to acknowledge would be the risk of you taking the safer bet, right? You know, stay staying in Florida, you know, doing doing the safe thing. The risk of that was actually, at least in, in my opinion, would have been much greater than the risk of you doing the actual riskier thing of moving to California, right? Because mm-hmm. The 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 risk of you staying in Florida would have been, you know, never, never stepping out of your, your comfort zone really would have been, you know, getting stuck in the same old, same old would have been, you know, 
not having the opportunities to, to grow and develop yourself um, on a personal spiritual level by, by taking this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's just one example. And I can think of, you know, a million, million other examples, you know, from we, any, anything we want to talk about from, you know, surfing or relationships or whatever, like there, mm-hmm. there is the, the, one of the things that's become most clear to me along, along the lines of like f- facing your fears and taking risk is that often what is presented as the safer option, um, you know, by all measures and standards actually has in it more long-term risk than what is occasionally the quote unquote riskier option. You know, the one that requires more courage, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess that that's a point that I, I just, I really wanted to make. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's definitely actually circles um, and answers the question I had is, is there any consequences to not fully going through the, you know, severance threshold and all of that? And even maybe like, doing it halfway and then like trying to um, go back to the life that you had before when really that doesn't ever actually exist anymore. We're always moving forward in time. Um, And how it's such a juxtaposition to say like the risk in staying safe or the risk. The risk in staying safe. safe. Absolutely. (laughs) The safe option is often often the riskier one. Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's different in every situation, but um, yeah, there is, there is that potential for the safe option, the quote unquote safe option to be actually the the more dangerous one. And I want to add to that. uh, I think the, risk in staying safe comes down to a like internal sense of not feeling fulfilled not feeling intrinsically happy not feeling this innate sense of joy and enchantment and passion in life Absolutely. when we skip all of those different chances all of those different times when life when life asks you like hey it's time it's time to let go of this chapter of this mm-hmm. place person thing when you don't take when you don't like take life's hand in that way i think that that actually contributes to like the conversation of mental health around Absolutely. depression anxiety you know, um, perpetuating trauma, even like it, it feeds into those things as well, which is such, such a big risk. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much exactly where I was, I was going to go with that. Yeah. Like boredom, lethargy, lack of enchantment. These are, these are all the things that we, we see from, um, you know, people who, who like to quote unquote, like, you know, take the safe life, (laughs) you know, not, not take, not, not take the journey, not take the hero's journey. I, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, is there a particular age group that you see that does that kind of, you know, if we want to call it symptoms of, you know, just the boredom, lethargy, lack of enchantment, is there, is there a specific age group where you see that particularly prevalent in? I've seen it in all age groups, to be honest. I've seen it in, you know, like, honestly, all like early twenties, 
early 20s trying to figure out like where to go to college or even if to go to college, but not sure kind of age group. And then the age group of like just entering like a corporate kind of career and like feeling really dissatisfied with that or like having had a corporate career or whatever, like something, you know, a marriage for a really long time. Um, If we're not like focusing on career um, and being kind of like middle aged and still going through this like, oh, I'm so tired and bored and depressed. So I don't know if that's helpful or yeah, yeah, no, that. No, yeah. So, so where I'm going with that. Yeah. So the reason I, reason I ask, and maybe this is where I'm going to start tying it into rites of passage. Um, may, you know, maybe it's just cause I work with youth a lot, but I would say when, when I, when I think of, you know, people who are showing those signs of, you know, just, just the uninterested kind of checked out, like bored, um, you know, <laughs> yeah um kind of showing showing those showing those traits i i see a lot of that you know i'm just thinking of like the teenager who's just like slumped on the couch like looking on his phone like whatever eating candy or whatever not really like i've got just like pounding energy drinks just trying trying to get some sort of like sensation in their body like trying to feel something you know and it's like um and i i I see that in, in a lot of yeah a lot of especially um teenagers specifically the most i mean obviously it goes through all ages but teenagers the most and that's because i feel like um it's that transition from childhood to adulthood where you're the most in need of the hero's journey where the hero's journey is most um yeah most knocking on your door i would say where at least in um traditional cultures that that's what that those are the times that that rites of passage in, in whatever their form may have been for that culture were introduced to, to people is when they're either yeah, having their first, you know, period hidden puberty, whatever it was, or, you know, when they're really, um, you know, when they were getting married, when they were really ready to join, join the tribe as an adult, that's when they had these um, rites of passage experiences, which since we're talking about the hero's journey, the rites of passage, the rites of passage journey follows those same um those same steps of the hero's journey the severance threshold integration it's 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 the same archetype which is so cool um you know it's you know the hero's journey is this reoccurring archetype through through us through i don't know what you want to call it it's just just this like reoccurring archetype in our in our psyches and our in our lives um the hero's journey yeah the rites of passage journey is going to follow the same model um of the hero's journey, right? It's going to take the initiate out of the world that they're in. So in, in the work that I've done in, in rites of passage, you know, the severance threshold was, you know, when we take, you know, the kids or the young boys, young men or whatever away from their families. And we, you know, round them up and throw them in my car for the, for the week. And then, um, you know, take them, take them far, far away from, from where they knew from um, you know what they've known before and take them somewhere up and in, into the mountains where it's totally unknown and wild and natural and anything can happen. And, you know, you're, you're in the realm of nature of spirit. Um, so that's, you know, that would be the threshold realm. And then we, you know, create some sort of experience for them, um, some sort of challenge for them. And I've mostly um, just guided like overnight solos where, you know, they might go out and not, 
eat for a day, spend, spend a night, um, their whole 24 hours by themselves in the wilderness with no food, shelter or company. So just out there totally 100% on their own. And that's kind of like, uh, that's, that's sort of like the face in your dragon piece, you know, cause if you're, you know, and I, I've, I've had, you know, journeys like this when I was young too. So like if, when you're 14 or 15 and you're going out, you know, leaving your home for a week and you're going out to the mountains and you're spending a night by yourself, you know, in, in the woods, there's, there's a lot of fear in it. Oh my gosh. It takes so much courage and it's so uncomfortable. And, um, you know, and then, and then of course we have the integration and we bring the kids back and, you know, we share the stories and, you know, the, the glow, the glow in these, in these boys faces, it's, it's, it's <laughs> amazing. Like when, when they actually make it back from the journey, you know, cause it's, we never, we never force anyone, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids do come back before the 24 hours is over. I mean, not a lot, but some, um, but the ones who do, who do take the call, who do answer the call of the hero's journey, who do, you know, face their fears and, you know, face their dragons, whatever they may be for themselves. Like, um, you know, they come back and they're, they're glowing when they come back and they're a different, they're a different person when they go back to their, to their parents. And like, that's, you know, that's them bringing home the gift is, you know, they've, they've had this experience of, you know, facing their fears. Now they're, there's someone different on the other side. Um, it's so beautiful. I, I can imagine the glow on their faces right. and change and, that has happened. And, and we've had this model, we've had this model for eons for, you know, probably as far back as, as you can look in, in human history, we've had this model of, you know, this, this rites of passage, rites of passage model of, you know, taking, taking someone away from where they've been before, presenting them with some sort of challenge or some, or some sort of learning experience and then bringing them back. And it's, it's been repeated over and over and over and over and over again until, I don't know, three or 400 years ago with the, with the industrial revolution and the, everything becoming modernized. And then we kind of switch from this, switch from this framework of, you know, we know risk, you know, we know there's an, we know we need to take a necessary risk for our growth to, we just want to stay as safe and comfortable as we possibly can. Right. Right. And, and we, and we see what we see, what that does to the mental health. But I mean, I, I would go further than that. I would say the spiritual well-being you know, Absolutely. Of, of, you know, our snipes and our, our, um, you know, world, you know, we see, we see what that does again, the boredom, the lethargy, all that. If, if we don't take that call. Yeah, so I've, I've kind of been rambling, but I'm curious if you, yeah, you have any thoughts, reflections, questions on this I've, I've shared. I love, I love so much how there is a way with rites of passage to steward the, you know, we could say the um, first really big important threshold of our development that we go through as teenagers, sometimes just in, in reflecting back to my own childhood, I feel like it started, it started happening. Um, it had a wide span of years, you know, that it started happening if I trace back, but I have this theory that if we don't have a defined rites of passage at that crucial time in our lives, then we won't stop needing it. And that's why there are people in that are middle-aged in their forties or fifties or what have you. And, um, kind of go through these cycles throughout their life of like craving 
craving this, this thing, this portal of transformation, but not knowing what it is or how to go about it. And, and how it's like, it's almost as if life will still bring you those initiations Mm -hmm. anyways, because it's nature, right? But it comes in these forms of, um, it, it just is a different experience when they come right. when, for the uninitiated when maybe like illness comes around or a lack of fulfillment or feeling of being lost in, in career or um, when hardship in, in relationships or whatever area of life it is comes around, right. it is maybe seen as a, as a, um, fault or as a, um, marker of low self-worth or, uh, just like bad luck or turns into this whole pessimistic view on life. And it's not that if you are, if you do rites of passage, rites of passage work, and you've had this experience that life becomes easier or anything like that, but it's, it provides a different perspective to these experiences in life where it's like, you know, for those teenage boys that you work with, they have this, you know, experience that is, um, that is defined. It's like, okay, this is what we're creating here, but it really is like a, it just mimics what naturally happens in our day-to-day life. Um, And so it's like we can kind of cultivate that trust within within those passages. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love I love all of that. And it sounds like, yeah, this is something really important to to provide. So hmm, where should we dive in next? Yeah, no, I guess I guess I just have I have a couple. Yeah, just just add ons or yeah, just just to, to agree with what you're saying, just add on to it. Um, yeah. Spirit, spirit's always going to be trying to initiate us, right? There, there's, there's no getting, there's absolutely no getting away from that. No matter how, how hard you try to hide from, you know, your own, your own personal growth, no matter like how, how, how much energy you invest in, in playing it safe. Spirit is always going to be trying to initiate us. There's, there's a natural current of life as, as you well know, that that's always trying to bring us into the next, next level of our being to the next, you know, stage of our development. And there's, that's, you know, you can't stop that anymore and you can stop the tide. You know, it's like, that's, that's, that's nature. That's nature at its finest. That's, you know, the laws of nature at work. There's, you know, there's, there's no running away from it. So, so the question then is, do we want to do this consciously? You know, like, do we want mm-hmm. you know and by consciously i mean do we want to create ceremony for ourselves do we want to go into you know some sort of rites of passage ceremony do we want to have some level of awareness around what's going on like in the context of the hero's journey or you know do we want to just try to bypass that and then you know kind of just wait for the time that life starts to kick off <laughs> and then not not really have any clue about what's going on and and you know just you know, go into neurosis, trying to put everything back in order. Um, Yeah. I just want to touch on how uh, this um, kind of junction within our culture being in America 
of the industrial age, how that really um, severed our culture from forming around, first of all, any, how should I word this? I want to say any true spiritual roots, Mm -hmm. but any true spiritual roots in the sense that they are like connected to the cycles of nature. Um, and, and therefore also takes us out of this, um, natural development within our own maturity and how other cultures, you know, other, other cultures, um, you know, you can even say specifically indigenous cultures have this embedded within their way of life where, Mental health is not separate from spiritual health. Spiritual health is not separate from from physical health. It's just like interesting the the juxtaposition within our culture and how it's how it seems like it's always been before. And so why now this huge change in our culture? Yeah. I do want to name how we are still coming into balance in some way. Even though this culture around sanitization and risk management and safety is is um, has gone out of perfor- out of proportion, and we're talking about the consequences that that comes with, but in a way, as like a a, a bomb of optimism here, I believe that these two ways of living can merge where. Um, the, the, the sanitization can provide in, in some sort of way. I know that's not our conversation right now, but just want to like hold this, this sense of hope for balance between the two that I trust and how everything is, is developing. But that's how I kind of conceptualize where our culture is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I would say you know, we're, we're coming back around to some sort of truth of, you know, being, being back in connection with nature. And I I think we've, we've taken a long journey away from it. And obviously that was, you know, an, an evolutionary journey of, you know, we left hunter gatherer, um, you know, kind of communities and then started building more permanent communities. And then, you know, now, now to where we are at today, we've, we've come a long way from, you know, the hardships of like very rural, very natural living. And, and, you know, the, the benefits of that have been, you know, now we have really comfortable homes and nice cars and really comfortable beds that I'm not in any, any way, shape or form saying like, that's all bad. Like, no, like 100%, like I love my soft plushy bed and my, and like my car that can go as, you know, as far as it needs to. And, and, um, you know, my nice, you know, insulated house and all that. I'm not, I'm not saying that any of that is bad. And one of the natural consequences of, you know, having all these luxuries and comforts and modern technologies is that we've spent less and less time in the natural world and more and more time in this, this world that we've created. And, you know, and, and, uh, you know, most of us live in cities, you know, most of us live in these artificial environments 24 7 and you know maybe we get glimpses of what life used to be like when we were connected to natural rhythms when we go out camping or something like that and we can actually see the stars again and we're like wow 
That's amazing. Like, yeah. I've missed that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how could, how, like, how did I live without this? And then we go back to the city and forget completely, you know, forget all about it until next summer when we go camping again. <laughs> and, um, so I would say kind of like the, the loss of your, or the, yeah, the, the death of, you know, the, the rites of passage and, you know, this, this connection with natural rhythms that, that was sort of a natural consequence of our, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our modern technologies and modern comforts and all that. And I would say that anytime you go too far in one direction, you know, something's inevitably going to bring you back. And that's kind of the stage we are right now, which is what makes the times that we're living in so, so ripe. So just uh, like, wow, what a time to be alive is because we're, we're, we're at this threshold. We're like up until now, um, you know, we've kind of been on this one track mind of like more comfort, more sterilization, more, um, you know, more boxes and walls around us, you know, we just want to be safe, safe, safe. And um, yeah, we're, we're kind of realizing what that gets us right with, with what we call, you know, what we call the mental health crisis, you know, you know, everyone's on antidepressants and Xanax and, you know, (laughs) you know, X, Y, Z, you name it, go down the list. And we're like, why is everyone depressed? And Lose their mind. This doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, we're completely, con- for the most part, completely disconnected from the way we've been designed to live, which is in connection with with the seasons, with the dirt, with you know the the waters of our land, with the stars, with the animals around us. You know, it's like how many people do you know that can go out and like actually just like recognize or name all the species of birds that are around them, or you know, know which plants are edible in their neighborhood, or you know, know where they're the clearest or the, the nearest, you know, spring water sources, you know, like who, who even, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, who mm-hmm. has any I- idea of those sorts of things like these days, you know, whereas like, you know, a couple thousand years ago, we needed to be that in tune with nature to survive. And it was, yeah. it was therefore only natural for us to, you know, follow these sorts of you know ceremonies like rites of passage that had us getting connected with nature in a deeper way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater, and now we're we're realizing that like oh yeah maybe maybe there is something <laughs> to you know spending more time in nature or getting getting acquainted with the natural world in these ways and maybe yeah i would i would say we're we're, we're coming we're coming back around and it's it's exciting it's an exciting time to be a part of part of that yeah thank you for speaking to the nuance around um uh why we are where we are and how there's pros and cons to everything mm-hmm. and um that we're not saying that our where we are right now in american culture is all bad um and i on on a kind of like separate note i think about how you know on the hero's journey you find a teacher and how I, like you were saying before, moved from Florida to California to pursue grad school and um, really to like follow this desire of a bigger world that I knew that there was a bigger, a bigger um, perspective for myself that I knew that there was about the world. And I came from a very like suburban, like normal, just like upbringing, Uh, even though growing up in Florida, like the weather is nice, you know, if it's not too hot, sometimes there's like, you know, beach culture and all of that was outside a lot. 
didn't really experience a spiritual magical connection to nature when I was there. I like sort of started to, but I had no idea. I had no idea what that, what that, what that worldview was even like, or what that feeling was like. And I met you when I, when I first moved to California, I mean, I met you right away and I consider, consider you in a sense, one of my, you know, teachers along this mythic journey where you just popped up and um, brought me into this whole way of living that I didn't even know that I needed. I didn't even know that that was it. And I started kind of like piecing things together and felt that what I really desired was, wasn't so much, you know, grad school or the, the title and the degree, but it was coming back to this experience of nature, of, of getting closer to natural rhythms. I remember going camping with you so many times and each time being, and still each time being just like blown away (laughs) how different it is to to be surrounded um to just be like immersed in the natural world even if it's for just a few days at a time how it brings us back to simplicity and gratitude and play and realizing how strong my body is because of how much we've hiked And, um, how over time my back gets a little bit used to the air mattress and (laughs) the sleeping bag and I come back home and I'm just like, wow, we live in so much luxury. And I have this different point of reference to, um, the comforts that we do have in our modern age. And so all of this is to say, I guess, first of all, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for really bringing me into this world and for living it yourself. And um, I'm really, I'm really excited for how you will continue to bring it to others around you as well. Thank you. I'm excited too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did we want to speak to anything more around rites of passage um, or, and, or, what this kind of perspective or life philosophy can bring us into maybe, maybe into more like joy and play. And cause you know, the hero's journey is really daunting and it's a lot goes on. There's so much pressure. There's um, a lot of, a lot of alchemy of fear. Mm-hmm. So you know, what, what else is this all for? Yeah, I guess. um, Yeah. So this, this would be, yeah, this is a, this is a good place to go with this. So what, what is this all for? Right. Um, So, so the, the analogy of the hero's journey, one of the, one of the reasons it's so powerful, perhaps the reason it's so powerful is again, it's, it's not just, it's not just something reserved for, you know, movies and storybooks, right? It's not just, um, you know, it's not just Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. This is whether or not you're aware of it, your life is a hero's journey. <laughs> 100%. Like, 
I, I think we talked about this maybe a little bit in the very beginning of the last one, but um, whether or n- whether or not you're aware of it consciously, you are very much on a hero's journey right now by virtue of being alive and being in a human body. And what I mean by that is, again, just just following following the stages of the journey, right? Like you you chose, you know, I, this is this is my belief that when when you when you were born or maybe you know slightly before you chose to come into this life and you chose to you know have that severance from where you were before we're not no need to get into that but whatever whatever you believe in you know before whatever the before was you chose to have a severance from that to come into this body to have this threshold experience initiation as a human being right where you know you're Oof. you knew it's my belief you knew that you were going to go through a certain set of challenges and tribulations and you knew it wasn't probably wasn't going to be easy and you know, it was going to test you, you knew it was going to be uncomfortable X, Y, Z. And it took a probably, I imagine it took, you know, I don't, I don't remember what was going through my mind, you know, prior to this life, but I imagine it probably (laughs) took a good deal of courage to, to come in here and, and to, and to take this journey. Right. I imagine it took probably a tremendous deal of courage actually, but I also imagine that your soul knew what it was doing when it, when it chose to do so, it, it, it knew that, Again, like in the same way that we know when there's a journey that we have to take, our soul knew what it was doing when it came into this body. Our soul was like, yeah, this is, you know, this, this might be challenging, but, you know, I see, I see what this, what this has in store for me. I see, you know, the karma that this life is going to allow me to work out. I see, you know, the lessons that my soul needs to learn. I see this, this set of parents, this, right this city right these friends these exact circumstances i i I see the experiences that make up this lifetime as something that my soul needs and so even though it's uncomfortable or challenging i mean it's not all obviously you know life isn't all all suffering and challenge obviously there's a lot of beauty there's a lot of beauty i get there um but but what i'm saying is like you know your your life is a hero's journey and then eventually eventually this this life comes to an end this this threshold period comes to an end and then we we go back to where we came right and we have i imagine there will be some sort of return and integration where we we carry with us what we've learned the the karma that we've accumulated whatever it is we we carry that with us to you know the rest of you know our spiritual community the universe whatever and then on to our next life and into the next community that we're part of as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you know, this, this archetype of the hero's journey, we, we call it hero's journey because one, because it takes a tremendous amount of courage and it's usually associated with, you know, storybooks and movies with heroes in them, but really we could just call it a human journey (laughs) (laughs) because really it's just, it's just the journey. (laughs) <laughs> it's just the journey it's not it's it's not reserved only for heroes unless unless you want to say that you know we we are all heroes right um because there's there's a whole conversation around the heroine but then there's like the conversation around why gender that and so i think it's better to say or yeah it's just like the journey of being conscious alive the journey of being yeah um, yeah so what is it just, so it brings us 
So what does this all bring us to? It brings us to being. <laughs> yeah, just it's it's just the it's just the natural the natural flow. Like I said, like you know, spirit is always mm. is always um provide an opportunity for us to to grow and evolve and that's that's just the natural current you know it's like you know it's like the way the way that a river flows that's just the way a river flows to to more self-awareness to more compassion to more love to more um Mm. you know cosmic consciousness whatever whatever you want to call it you know essentially i feel like it just all comes all back down to just being a beacon of love you know just to come and coming back into you know awareness of yourself as love um Mm -hmm. it's it's the same as any spiritual path really Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful yeah i'm i'm reminded of the um of, of what you shared around how like when you take a group of teenage boys on a rites of passage for a weekend and they come back in that glow that they have on their face. And I remember too, from personal experience of us going on a vision quest and feeling that glow within myself, even though I hadn't uh, eaten for three days, hadn't had any human contact for three days. Um didn't have adequate warmth for three days. (laughs) I came back with, with that glow. And I think that glow speaks to the, the other side or what all of that alchemy, all of that fear alchemy um, flushes out is more space for aliveness, for arrows, for, gratitude yes yeah. compassion absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah and we could we can think of you know a million different examples of you know just the the gifts of you know taking taking on the journey too like you know just use surfing as an example again you know just just the glow of you know conquering that fear of you know that that big wave and and then you know that feeling of being alive afterwards you know it's like it's there's 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 a reason why we why we challenge ourselves to step beyond our fear you know it's not just for for the sake of it you know it's because we know that there's something there for us it's usually just more feeling more alive you know just the feeling of like actually being alive (laughs) absolutely well thank you so much for illuminating and providing reassurance around facing our fears and Mm -hmm. this really way of life that we can become conscious of be aware of so that we can uh do what we're already doing in a sense (laughs) but with more trust with um more courage with um with more strength Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for walking the path and paving the way in a lot of ways and I hope that this conversation serves everyone out there around um, a multi-lifetime approach to our current life and, uh, you know, maybe in identifying what phase of, of the journey that you are in. Are you in a severance phase or initiation or... Um, an integration phase are you are you bringing back 
gifts of a certain chapter in your life. And um, it was such an honor to have you in this conversation. And I'm sure that you will be back. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more. Do you have any last thoughts or reflections that you want to share? I I feel like there'll be there'll be more after this so we'll just we'll just leave it at that for now thank you